My name is Louise Newsom, entrepreneur and host of The Makers, where we tell the stories of how everyday creatives turn their passion into a sustainable business. On this episode, you'll meet Connor McGinn and Stetson Hudson, founders of Makers Central, in 2019 based in Tarrytown, New York, a community workspace for artisanal makers who have learned and honed their craft either on their own, at school, or at one of the numerous and invaluable teaching studios out there and took the leap and turned that craft into an actual business. Maker Central's founding ethos is the value of the people you are surrounded with. So the idea of Maker Central really came about because I was in the process of building my own business as a potter. And what happened was that I was looking for a new space. I knew that I was outgrowing my old space in Port Chester and had started working with Stetson, who was helping me kind of develop the idea and build out the business plan. And as we were going through that process, we realized that there was really a, a lack of, there was really a lack in that space for somebody who was a maker, who had a craft, who had a product that they were creating who then wanted to turn that into a full-fledged business that there's you can look around and you can see other makers who have successful businesses and you can look around and there are a ton of amazing teaching studios around that usually focus on one single craft so there's ceramic studios there's woodworking studios there's um, glass blowing studios there's printmaking studios where you can go in you can learn a craft you don't have to spend all of the upfront money on all of the machines and tools and you can really learn how to create something. And those places are incredible, but they're not for running a business out of. So I found that I was outgrowing the space and the challenge of moving into my own space was incredibly daunting. So with the help of Stetson, we started to develop a plan for what I needed to do. And that comes along with lawyers and accountants and bookkeepers and architects and engineers and plumbers and electricians and landlords and just so many on and on and on. Completely overwhelming. And funding and building a website that's so overwhelming. So kind of as we were doing that and looking for spaces, we were having conversations simultaneously with other makers who we knew who were having the same issue that we were. So that's where we kind of saw Maker Central come in as a bit of a, we wanted to create a space that would be able to help shepherd makers through the process of turning their craft into a full-fledged business. So kind of a stepping stone where you could have your craft come in here and build out your own first studio, really, and not have to worry about hours when you can come in or when you can't come in, not having to worry about somebody else using the tools that you need to be using or not having enough space. We want to provide all of the tools necessary for you to come in and set up your shop and we can help you turn that into a business. It's kind of where the concept of it came through. So Stetson's sitting right next to you. <clears throat> hey, Stetson. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so... You guys, did you know each other before? Like, did you have, were you like school together or something like that? How did you get together? Well, funny enough, Connor and I went to high school just in neighboring towns from one another, a little bit further north of here in 
Putnam County, New York. But we never met each other until we um, we started hanging out here in Tarrytown. Connor told me what he did, um, and I had visited the studio a couple of times. Um, not being very artistic myself at all. I don't know where I came up with the idea of offering to help him. Uh, I visited Connor. He was in a 10 by 10 studio at the time, 10 feet by 10 feet, yeah. and and pumping out plates. There were plates from floor to ceiling in this spot. Um, and I offered to like intern uh, in a sort of way, you know, weighing out clay. He figured out pretty quick that I couldn't do anything remotely artistic, but um, <laughs> uh, I can weigh clay. I can do that. And um, it's like being a bar back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can be the clay yeah. back. <laughs> He's surprisingly, surprisingly good at not breaking plates. When we when we first started out, uh, we made a deal that for every plate Stetson broke throughout the process, he owed me a six pack of beer. And <laughs> so then I think it packs? was it was like for every month that you went without breaking a plate, you got a plate or a. I think it was one one piece for every week or every month, but he's at like you know a full like five piece twelve settings place settings. <laughs> and how much beer were you out? Uh, one six pack. I cool. in the history the past two and a half years I have broken one piece of pottery, and I will say that it was not my fault. <laughs> I did not drop it. Uh, it just happened. So that's and Connor didn't even see it. Yeah, so we're on the yeah, honor yeah. system here. Um, so very proud of that. So knowing that you weren't going to be the maker, the creative maker. So what maker are you? What we what? What did you see your spot here? What did you want to do for this? This well, collaboration. I'm extremely entrepreneurial. Uh, I I started my first business uh, when I was 21 years old. And I've always been around it. My family, a lot of small business owners in my family. Um, How old are you guys now? You're not much older. <laughs> I'm uh, 31, I think. 32. 31. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So you... same, same level of confusion. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> right. Where am I? <laughs> um, so... So, yeah, I, I really enjoy uh, formulating ideas, strategizing, predicting the future, writing. So we started uh, surrounding around the studio time that I was spending with Connor. I started writing for him and getting a business plan together and kind of saying, where do you want this to go? And um, that exercise brings about a lot of truth in what you're doing and direction and uh, setting his goals and, and just, um, and it was, uh, that's how it started. And it we got to the point where Connor was, felt ready to take that, that leap. And we had our plan and uh, we felt ready to go. And then huge barrier to entry is, is space in, in Westchester County, especially. Um, so it, it took us months months and months to kind of figure out what to do and where to go and um yeah then we found this this. then we found this This beautiful space yep and at that point we already had this kind of um concept in our head about uh 
helping others alleviate these challenges, and it just fit. The Makers is brought to you by Trade and Prosper. Here we share the stories of individuals and businesses that make our communities. We believe in those who are committed to doing well by doing good, using their hands, minds and hearts to create a better place for us all and believe that a little sweat and a lot of sharing turns a community into a populace of prosperity. Trade and Prosper is a forum where those like-minded individuals meet to trade ideas, information, goods and services, as well as build long-lasting relationships that enable them to expand their reach locally and also globally. For more information on our organisation and for more podcast episodes, head over to tradeandprosper.com. Follow us on social media and join our Facebook group to connect with our growing community of creative entrepreneurs. Describe to me what you're really doing here, the concept of Makers Central. Well, I think I think this kind of ties to the end of the last question as well, as we were talking about that. Realize that as a maker entrepreneur, you're completely torn between these two different worlds. And one being that creative mindset, your head down, that flow state of creativity, of making things with your hands. And then the other side being that business mindset of you have to get shit done. You have to write out a business plan. You have to talk to investors. You have to figure out how to set up an LLC, how to open up bank accounts, just all of these different things. And I think that's really what Stetson did to start, which was we would actually sit down and I had all these ideas and problems, really. You know, Stetson went through and saw every different step of the process and then was able to look at that from a bird's eye view and say, all right, this is what we have to do in order to turn this from a craft where you're making some plates in a little corner of a studio into a full-fledged business. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges that makers face is toggling between those two mindsets of running a business and also trying to be creative and make things. And I think any entrepreneur has that issue. Well, and generally, creatives don't like that stuff. Yeah. And so therefore avoid it. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. And that's where the problems begin. Yeah. And I think that's where when Stetson stepped in and was able to take those ideas, we would actually we would have conversations for hours and then Stetson would put pen to paper and write out, turn that rambling flow state of a conversation into an actual business plan. So Stetson, in the <clears throat> sense of your role here with the five makers that are here, right? And I want to ask you in a minute who they are. Um, are you doing this for each individual maker, like looking at their business holistically and, and making a plan for them? It's been on and off. Uh, that is something that I offer to everybody. Um, we've been so busy setting up Maker Central here and um, and getting the space complete that um how long has that been we launched in uh the fall of last year right so we're coming on month six we I look think. very at home here <laughs> <laughs> thank you changing every day right <laughs> um definitely something that i have done for a couple people here uh natalia obviously uh who's just come in as our printmaker she's my fiance so um 
a lot of that happening right now. (laughs) Um, And then we organize family meals where once a month we get together and we kind of, I I lead a conversation around some aspect of your business, whether it's marketing or sales or writing your business plan. Ultra high classy. Yeah. And chips. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like like uh, kettle cooked potato chips yeah. with a little mascarpone, mm-hmm. creme fraiche, a little caviar, So like, yeah. like throwing and getting throwing with no splash pan. <laughs> you called this earlier when we were chatting before we started recording a membership setup. Correct. It's not like the makers are here and paying rent to make a central. It's mm-hmm. so this concept of everybody is equal, right? I presume. And um, so as a member, are there other things besides just having the space here that they get? Sure. Yeah. Um, we try and incubate businesses, these guys, in any way that we can. So I think one of the biggest benefits that we see day to day in your membership is the community that's around you every single day. Um, we hold each other accountable. When there's someone in here working, you show up early one day and there's someone here already here, it's motivating, it's inspiring. Um, When you have a big delivery coming in of clay or wood, everybody's up out of their seats or they're, you know, out of their spaces helping out. When there's an issue um, with your insurance or there's something going on with your business. There's all these resources and people around you. So the environment itself is is a huge benefit. But um, beyond that, I see uh, your barriers to entry, right? So how many checks do you have to write a month? How many services do you have to have to, to be a business? Um, and how can we break down those barriers so that you have one payment to make a month? Or... Um, you know, we're going through a lot of build out right now. This is a huge barrier to entry to, to a lot of businesses. I was having a space that's comfortable for you to work in, that you're zoned for, that your clients can come into, um, that right. benefits you and your business. I'm sure you had to go through some stuff with the town on kind of health and safety, right? Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's been fun. It's baffling how small of a portion of my time I spend making plates now. Mm. It's probably still about the same total time, but I just don't really sleep anymore. But it's the amount of other things that go into this. I think that if we, there's somebody far smarter and more articulate than me has a quote about if you knew how difficult it would be to start a business, you would never do it. So there's almost the benefit in being being completely naive to it that if you could see all of these hurdles that you were going to have to step over and overcome and all these failures along the way you with any right mind you would just never do it so it's just been constant things that pop up which you know i know that we're not this is new to us i'm sure there are a million entrepreneurs out there and that's just the story you know that everybody has to go through those struggles but but what drives you mm-hmm. to keep going is the fact that you're doing something that you absolutely love. This yeah. is not just a job. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the the concept of Maker Central and having having this, you know, this wasn't my original intention to build out Maker Central. It was to 
make plates and turn a business, create a business based off of that. But this whole community that we're building here now has almost overshadowed that in certain ways. And it certainly makes it easier to handle all of those struggles and problems knowing that it's knowing that I'm not on my own, but also that all of the work that we have to go through doing this, it's not just benefiting my business. Right. It's six other currently five other makers and, you know, hopefully, you know, dozens more in and the years to come. Over those hurdles quicker. Yeah. Because you're in it together. Yeah. And then I can say, hey, yeah, I struggled with going through six different web developers from, you know, a friend who said they could make me a design to somebody who's way too expensive and found that happy medium and let me have a half hour conversation with you to figure out what's best for your business rather than you going through, you know, six months and thousands of dollars and failures, Mm. you know. I have to say your Maker Central New York site is gorgeous. I love the way it looks. I mean, who, who was... Who was the behind that? All of you had a say the, about the look and feel of that? The website Stetson and I worked a lot on. We actually had the logo and the the really building out the whole website was uh, friends of ours who actually are up the street and have a marketing company called Monday Tuesday Design. Um, and they're phenomenal. They're uh, just a small little boutique um, web developers. I guess they're more branding and graphic design oriented but just sat down had a conversation they learned about what we were trying to do and then took that whole story and somehow put it into a logo and a brand and a website and colors and everything so stetson how did you go about helping to assist to fund this project i know that you were pivotal in that we knew that we would need to raise some money we went through our options and um, kind of on the riskier end of the spectrum in, in I think, both of our minds, but also had uh, more upside than alternative ways of funding um, would be to do a crowdfunding campaign. So we did a Kickstarter campaign, and um, we basically uh, gathered everybody together here and worked out an agreement that everybody was happy with so uh, we took products from everybody and said that we would run the campaign sell all these products um, if you could provide us us, those products to us at a wholesale price then we can build in a profit we'll still sell them at your normal retail price but we'll do all the work and um, with that we were able to to raise most of the funds that we need we still you know had to tap into our own personal funds and so um, everyone you know people think oh crowdfunding yay easy yeah no so you were telling me earlier like initially you'd be looking at that chart and you'd have like that spike and you'd be like yes and then all of a sudden it flattened out yes initially it's always friends and family right that's the first people that you hit everyone you know, and then that's maybe why it plateaus out. And then what's the plan B to kind of get that? Yeah, I would say have a set plan with anything in business. Just have your plan set up. Know what the challenges are. Try and predict them ahead of time. We knew that this pattern would happen where we would have a ton of initial support from our 
community, our close friends, close family. Um, then we knew that it, we predicted that there would be some type of leveling off. Um, and because we had, we knew who we were targeting, we, we knew who we had to reach out to. And so we did a direct mailing campaign to our local uh, people here in Tarrytown. Um, those were the people that we knew would be interested in um, purchasing local handmade goods and supporting the cause. Um, and it wasn't a Kickstarter campaign where people are just donating money to you for a sticker or, you know, it was, they're purchasing goods that will last them a lifetime. And a lot of these products will probably live on for generations. So, um, the real goal of it was because we could have found funding in many other ways, right? The real goal of it was to kick off the space with a big wave of promotion for, for us, for the makers here, get everybody out there. Some people came from other uh, spaces to hear some people just this is their first studio space uh, ever so letting the world know about everybody and Kickstarter has the potential to be a very good marketing tool if you use it correctly and if you stay consistent with your outreach through the campaign so you obviously did a lot of research before you actually just did it you, tons you, yeah it seems so basic on on paper but when you look at the statistics of how many people are actually successful in funding campaigns and and our campaign was $35,000 so it wasn't uh you know some campaigns you see are 1000 1200 5000 right we knew it would be challenging the statistics are pretty surprising when you look at them how many people are actually successful it's not uh, even close to half and then when you break that down into the art and crafts space, right. it becomes even less. Right. And as you look at it, like what your goal was, if you go to 35,000, um, I did the calculation once. I think it was like we had like a 2% statistical chance that we would be able to do it based on other campaigns. I mean, what's next for you to keep going? I mean, you, you have membership for what's happening inside here. Have you got any other plans for outside membership? and? building membership, even if you can't actually physically have them in the space full time? Well, right now we're putting our Kickstarter funds to use. So yeah. we're finishing building out our kitchen. Um, we're, we're getting a fire suppression system coming in here, uh, our sprinkler system. So uh, that's the first step. Let's get this space completely done and um, set up. Um, we didn't design this concept to be, or we initially have never thought about this concept to be scalable. Mm -hmm. This is our space, this is our four walls, and uh, we don't want this concept to be corruptible mm -hmm. in any way. So this is what we're focused on for now and for the future. This is you know one building, one space, but it has infinite potential to be so much larger than itself just within our community here. So um, let's let's make this thrive. Yeah. Everybody here, let's, yeah, all absolutely. of their businesses, let's have them, you know, everybody can be scalable with the space that they have here. And if they get too big and they need to 
go on to have a bigger space, then we've done our job. Yep. And bring the next person in. Yeah, we want alumni after alumni coming through here. Are you full right now at, at the five makers? I mean, have you got capacity for a couple more? We have space for two to three more makers. Mm -hmm. And the way that we have the physical layout set up, we don't have any actual walls in here. So we'll allow people to take a little bit larger of a space or a little bit smaller of a space. So we have a little bit of extra space for anywhere between one and three other members. Um, our goal right now is to get the place finished, get, it, get the place fully built out and make sure that the makers that we have in here currently are comfortable and on their feet so that we're building this thing with a strong foundation. And then we're gonna, we're in the process of looking at a few new members to come in um, and seeing what that's gonna look like or see if any of our current members need to expand a little bit. Um, but we are looking, we're in the process of bringing in new people. And I think in general, we're always interested in talking with other makers. Um, I think for us, it's the main goal here is obviously to make sure that the makers in this space are successful and thrive and have all the tools they need to be able to turn their craft into a full-fledged business and sell lots of stuff and make lots of stuff. So in order to do that, it's crucial that we build a community in here because there aren't any physical walls in here. It's the benefit of coming in here is not the physical space. It's the fact that you're surrounded by like-minded individuals who are all fighting the same fight in their own way, who are all going through these same trials and tribulations and failures. And you can be surrounded by other people who you can help, you can help them and you can be helped by them. So to build that community in here is vital and crucial. But on top of that, we're realizing that it's also really important to us to be cognizant of the way that we live within the greater community in Tarrytown, where we are, and in Westchester, and in New York, whatever it is, but to make sure that, you know, working with local businesses and working with other local entrepreneurs, so not just focusing on the makers that are in here, but we're constantly having conversations with other makers um, who maybe don't, what they make doesn't fit in here, or they don't need a space, but there's benefit to the same way that the benefit in here isn't the physical space. If we can help other makers out by connecting them with people, if we can share our resources with them, um, that just, you know, it's the whole rising tide mentality that we can help everybody else thrive and it's better for all of us. So this question <clears throat> might be a little premature but because you've only been kind of doing this over the last year, but what do you see already the impact personally and on your business having this setup here and what feedback have you heard from the other makers? I mean, I know that me personally, you know, my thought was that I'd be able to go through these problems and learn through failures and be able to convey that onto other makers in here because I'd been trying to build this business out for a while before we started this, but just realizing that it's completely flipped on its head half the time where I'm able to learn from the other makers in here and from the problems that they have. So it's just, it's, it's, you know, already paying off in spades just in terms of learning how to grow my business from people as well as being connected to other, um, to other customers and clients. Um, so really I think that what 
like what success would mean in this place for everybody in here is we want it to be that stepping stone. I mean, we have, you know, somewhere between five and seven spaces in here. We want them to be full, but you know, a certain amount of turnover is, um, we're hoping for that in a, in a good way. We, we want it to be an incubator and a stepping stone. Connor, how do you go about finding the makers? Um, I think at first it started out fairly, for lack of a better term, like fairly organic in terms of the makers that we were associated with and that we were friends with happened to be makers who were ex-restaurant professionals, whether that be chefs or bartenders or front of house people. Um, and it happened to be that everybody was making things that were geared towards the hospitality industry. So that's something that we really kind of took on and are running with the way that we're trying to really hone in on that is by having these certain parameters of having people making functional goods for restaurants, because there's a certain language that you have to use when you're speaking with chefs and restaurant professionals. And there's a certain sense of urgency that they have. There's a certain level of quality that needs to be upheld for some of these very high end restaurants. I mean, a lot of our chef, a lot of our makers work with Michelin starred chefs and um, James Beard award winning chefs and things like that. So it makes it easier, not only to build your business around that hospitality industry, but also if I have a chef come in looking at handmade plates for his restaurant or for her restaurant, it's so natural to be able to just turn them to every other maker in here. And a chef comes in and they're just amped up about being able to have this one-stop shop of fully customizable, high-quality, functional goods that they already know, you know, we're working with, um, you know, I think almost all of our makers right now are working with a couple of different Michelin-starred restaurants. And to be able to know that there's that sign of quality when you come in here, you don't have to question, is this is this product going to be good enough for my restaurant? That sign of approval, that stamp of approval is already there. If you're buying cutting boards from the guy who provides wooden service trays front to Dan Barber at Blue Hill Stone Barns, um, or steak knives to a Michelin star chef, it's, it's kind of a no brainer. So that's a big part of that membership concept is for all of us to be able to benefit from each other. Thank you for joining me this week on The Makers, brought to you by Trade and Prosper. If you enjoy the show, follow me on iTunes and listen in next week when I chat with Connor McGinn again, but this time discussing his own business, Connor McGinn Studios, and one particularly memorable story at the height of COVID. No staff due to the pandemic, big order for one of the top restaurateurs in the world with a short lead time and a broken kiln to boot. 